The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Gracious God, we pray that we may find what we seek, enjoy what we long for, and come to our rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Biblical scholars, seminary students, skeptics, priests, just about all of us wish John had written down those many other things that Jesus did. What made him think that writing down only a few miracles or signs would be better than an abundance? We surely could have used a gospel of John that was 50 chapters instead of 22. Even so, we have these few signs given to us so that we might believe. But how many of us believe because of the miracles we find in John's gospel or in any of the scriptures? How many of us believe even because of that greatest of miracles, the resurrection of Christ, celebrated last week and testified to in our readings from this week. Miracles and miraculous things are problematic for the modern world. The 18th century Anglican Bishop Joseph Butler 
writes that miracles were done so that the first generations might believe, while the subsequent generations of Christians have the revealed truths of prophecy to sustain them. He recognized that miracles in and of themselves are not enough to convince most, especially when we don't get to see them in person. At the same time, it is hard to be entirely convinced by prophecy. While it certainly appears as if many prophecies are confirmed in the New Testament, some may say that the original prophets actually had something else in mind when they spoke those words. Besides, how many of us accept Christianity because Isaiah told us a young woman or a virgin would give birth to the Savior? I should give Bishop Butler more credit than he's getting, however, as he also mentions that while miracles may not work directly on us, they do have some power of convincing. This power comes from the fact that those who witnessed the first miracles gathered together to form the early church, a church that persists through to this very day. The continuous existence of the church, he tells us, should indicate to us that there was something different about the miracles of Christianity from every other religious cult that, that appeared at that time. Now, I certainly think that the persistence of the church is sound testimony to the credibility of Christian belief. But is the endurance of an institution the reason you believe? Perhaps this is the case, but I think there is still more. Thus far, all we have talked about are things from and of the past. And this makes sense given that those miracles and prophecies in the very life of Christ on earth are things of the past. There are, however, signs still available to us, though they are signs of a different sort. One of the most commonly repeated biblical texts in medieval writings is Romans 1.20, which says, Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. Ever since the moment of creation and up through to this present moment, God has always been visible to us in some sense. All it takes is the right kind of eyes. And then we are able to see that all the things that creatures do or undertake or create can give us a glimpse of the nature of God. Now in this, for me, lays the strongest testimony. The things that we see in the world point to something higher. We see love. We see that humans have relationships, that they can be strong and wonderful and endure through all manner of difficulty. We see people gathering together and we understand that love and community are the foundations of our life. All these things are a testimony to God. We see that beauty exists. We have an aesthetic sense with an appetite for harmony and order and a longing for what is magnificent. This is not about one person being more attractive than another. 
This is about the fact that we can speak of a beautiful life. Even that we can say that life, the whole of it, is beautiful. Finally, we can see goodness in the world. We see those who fight and strive for what is right, what is just, and what is best. We see that goodness is possible despite and within all the sufferings of the world. And we recognize that it is through our pursuit of what is good for all, we come to the higher purpose of our lives. Now, it is not always so easy to see all these things. At times, there is only a flicker of light found in the darkest of moments on earth. But what we see in God, in Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit is the highest realization of these good things. God is the source. Christ is the guide and means. And the Spirit is the power to accomplish. The heavenly light of God is refracted and distorted throughout creation. But where we see light, we know there to be a source. And just as we love all those moments of goodness in the world, all the more so should we love that source. As Peter's letter reminds us, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though we do not see God now, in believing in God, we are called to rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For this is where we encounter our salvation and the salvation of the world. All these things of goodness are written on creation. So that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that through believing, you may have life in his name. Amen.